All right, I'll kick things off here. What is going on, everybody? It is another season of Above the Ice and Into the Numbers with your boys, David, Chris, and Julian. We're back with Spirit Live, back on the 30-minute episodes over Zoom. How are you guys feeling? It's been a while. Yeah, uh, I'm feeling good. It has been a while. I'm excited to get back into the podcasting, and I'm excited to get back into the NHL season. I mean, it was good. it was a good little break from the NHL, not going to lie, especially after how last year ended, but... I don't know. I, I feel like I'm excited for the season start. More pain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm really excited for this NHL season. I mean, back to 82 games. And uh, it's just back to kind of feel like things are back to normal and, and just excited to be back on the podcast once again. Yeah, for real. I, I, especially with um, full capacity in Scotiabank, like it, it feels like hockey is really back again. You know, like the city's kind of buzzing with it, too. Especially, I know, you know, not hockey talk with the Blue Jays and their fantastic run at the end of the season. Like, the city is, is really, you know, gearing up for some sports, and uh, especially the Raptors coming back soon. So it's it's an exciting time. It definitely is. I know it hasn't yeah. happened yet. It's happening for the first time tonight, but it's just going to be good to just play American teams. I mean, I'm really. Oh, I know, man. For real. Like, Dude, I don't care if we I know when, when I saw the beginning of our schedule, I was like, are they going back to the format they did last year? Like, <laughs> Montreal, Ottawa, Ottawa. Like what's, what's going on here? Yeah. Like, it was like nice. of course a, a back-to-back to begin the season too. Like why, why the of Leafs course. always have a back-to-back within their first three games. Naturally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, yeah it is nice to that play. Schedule. It, like I'm just like especially I I don't remember as like a Leafs fan what it's like to play an American team or like how to prepare for a team because like yeah. I feel like so many teams have changed since the, the COVID yeah. era. Oh, for sure. But also, like prolonged intros. You know, you got to hear both anthems again. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to hear the Star Spangled Banner, which is just. I feel like always takes forever to get through. But instead of roasting an entire nation's national anthem. Why don't why don't we discuss? Um, Chris, you said you want to talk about the Seattle Kraken. Um, I guess we can go through like the beginning of their season, their roster, our feelings on how they handled the expansion and stuff like that. Um, I guess we can kick things off with with their actual roster. Like, do you guys think it's how do you think it shapes up uh, compared to the rest of their division? Well, I, I feel like at least for me, I mean, I like their defensive core for the most part. I think when it comes to the goalies, you have a good tandem there, but. On, on forwards, I think it's kind of a question mark because you have, I think, a lot of key guys like McCann, who's a really good hard worker. I like Tanev, there's, you know, Yanni Gordon stuff, but I think it kind of depends. Like, I don't, I don't know, in my opinion, if there's like a 30 goal score, which there doesn't need to be right away. Um, but in the way where it pairs up with their division, I would say maybe a wild card spot. I don't think they'll like, I don't think it's, oh my God, they're going to miss or yeah, they're going to come first. But I think it's uh, if they if if they have a good outing, they could wild card spot maybe. Yeah, it's definitely it's a strange division to be in because I feel like it's so top heavy. Um, when you have like teams like Vegas, you know they're probably going to be running the show once the season really gets underway. And especially Edmonton, I feel like they'll have a really solid regular season. I feel like a lot of their success really hinges on how the Central Division shapes out because there could be five teams vying for a playoff spot in that division or Seattle could, like you said, be battling for a wild card. I definitely agree with you. Like they went very much with the Vegas approach and getting more of their value picks on the blue line, but it, instead of like shipping them off for, for more draft picks and maybe a little more like future collateral, they're kind of keeping the team together and seeing how it goes. And if they can get that kind of magic Vegas run that they had a couple years ago, 
But um, I mean, I like their jerseys too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when they first picked a team, I wasn't too fond of it. Obviously, I mean, I, I there's always like better choices that you think you can make, but at the end of the day, they had their plan and they went with it. I really think their success is going to hinge on Grubauer. They have some similar totally. some similarities to Vegas, like you said, with the goalies and with the better defense. And there is some forwards I think can lean into that Vegas model, like. I know maybe we don't want to hear this, but I feel like McCann can be like their Carlson. Yeah. And maybe to a lesser extent, but then I feel like, I feel like there's some players that line up with some of the Vegas players, like undervalued on maybe underappreciated and that can maybe if they get first or second line minutes, they can produce more. And especially in that division, I don't think it's too strong. So For it wouldn't sure. talk me if they got a playoff spot. I mean, even um, like a guy like Yanni Gord, I know he's on LTIR for the moment, but that guy has a lot of experience in the playoffs. He's, yes. a, he's, he's a really tough player too, like gets in the corners and he can score quite a few goals himself. Like he has, he has a goal scoring touch. You put that together. I mean, you also have guys like Jordan Eberle. You also have Jaden Schwartz. Like you can get a couple 20 goal scorers and like you can, if, as long as your defense stays solid and Grubauer and Drieger keep up their play, you can definitely make a playoff push. And I feel like, those are the kind of teams that are built to go deep in the playoffs too. Like the really stingy teams that play tough and don't give up too many opportunities. And you really have to capitalize on what you get with them. It's almost yeah, like a, like a Montreal model or like a, like an Islanders model. It's just yeah, like the worst type of hockey to watch, but yeah. the most successful in the playoffs. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, which is so annoying too. Like it, it frustrates me, especially, especially, you know, when we have John Tavares and they don't, but yeah, um, <laughs> I think, nevertheless, we really won on that one. (laughs) Jesus, look at us go. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Montreal Canadiens, there's a lot of dispute as to whether their success from last season and obviously their Stanley Cup final run will be retained going into this year. I mean, they also signed Nick Suzuki to a pretty lucrative deal, eight years by was it seven point seven something? I thought that was a pretty Uh, solid contract that they got him on, super long term for a super young player. That's that honestly, that contract is just going to age better and better as I mean, the cap stays segment now, but as it goes up, seven mil is going to be like the new four mil, the new five mil, and like four seriously, years, though, right? So yeah. it's it's a seriously good contract. They have a lot of young players lined up, but they're without carry price. Do you guys think that they can really make a playoff push and try to get some of that success back from last year? Um, I'll start this one. I definitely don't think they can. This is not even me being salty or anything, but. Just the Atlantic Division is really good this year. That's a fact. You got Tampa. I know they just lost Kucherov. We can talk about that later, but still, they're Tampa. Then you got Florida and Boston. I think those three are locks. That I still think, regular season wise, we're better than Montreal. So that's four right there. Then maybe they can be fifth in that division. But then there's still the Metro, and at least maybe four teams in the Metro are going to make it. So I think, unless Montreal really gets some goal scoring, and I don't know. Jake Allen's like good, but I don't know if he can really replace Price. They got better hope he gets back soon. So yeah, I don't think Montreal are gonna again if they make the playoffs. I think they can go on another run. Like you said, they're one of the teams. But with those teams, they gotta make actually make the playoffs to go on those runs. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think teams like Tampa. Sorry, sorry, Julian. No, it's okay. Um, Um, I was. Teams like Tampa, Florida, Boston standing in your way. I'm not gonna count Toronto just because. (laughs) <laughs> I'm still salty. I'm so salty about last year's stuff. Um, like those, especially Florida, man, like that, yes. they've 
really built a nice team. Like I love what they're doing over there with um, keeping Sam Bennett, who seems to be regaining his or keeping up his form from the trade deadline. Uh, good pickup from in Sam Reinhardt and Mac Wiegers getting better and better every year. Like that's a really solid team. Tampa without Kucherov, but I mean, they kind of proved last year that they can handle the regular season without him. Yeah. Boston, honestly, I think is even uh, stronger than last year, as long as they can get their goaltending situation sorted out. Yep. Linus Olmark is a very valuable starter, but if he can get that, you know, certified 1A, just because Olmark, Olmark's very talented, but he hasn't had the sustained success that a guy like Tuka Rask has had, right? Yeah. Um, those, are, those are tough teams to try and leap in a regular season that is very goal-heavy and very reliant on having star players and a scoring touch. But I feel like with – we talked about this last year too because there was a point in the season where we were like, will Carey Price finish the season – with above 900 save percentage right but they got him they got into the playoffs and he was like okay time to be carry price from 2014 again so it's it's like what chris said if they can squeak into that wild card spot i do think that they can go on another run because price is just capable of, of bringing up to a next level when he absolutely has to so it's it's a very fun team to watch and to consider but honestly i don't think they'll make a playoff swap i think they'll definitely be in the run for a wild card yeah like i i just i'm in agreement with both of you guys because i don't think that they will make it obviously the atlantic division being the way it is and with your point about florida i think florida could actually take the number one spot in the atlantic division when it really comes down to it i don't even think toronto is going to get that second spot on a side note but um for montreal i just it really yeah like if they make the playoffs i think they can go on a run because they're just that kind of team but even when you have like a team like Ottawa, who they're, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they have been previously. I think they're actually going to compete. They're going to steal some games this year. I don't know that they're going to make the playoffs, but they're a team who might even finish fifth above Montreal. So that's another piece of competition you got to watch out for as well. Yeah. Just one more thing on Montreal. Do you guys think they should have matched the Cock and Yummy offer sheet or no? Like, what do you guys think about that situation? Hmm. Um, what was the compensation for it again? It was, was it a first and a third? It was a, fir- a first and a third. And then they gave the first to get the rack. Well, they gave their first actually the high, the higher first. Yeah. Honestly, I actually think it's a pretty good move. Um, Kotkaniemi, I think is the weakest of their young players. When, like, when you're talking about Caulfield and Suzuki and Romanov, that's definitely the guy that's the most expendable. And you get a guy in Dvorak that's, more valuable two-way and has a better scoring touch. I mean, maybe Kotkaniemi can really find what made him a number three pick in Carolina. They do have an absolutely stacked offense that could really help him boost his point total. But as like a player-for-player acquisition, I do think Dvorak is better than Kotkaniemi. And you you still get a first. So you are moving back into picks, but you also get a third with it. So I think overall, plus not having to sign Kotkaniemi for six mil, I, I think it's a pretty good deal. Yeah, I, I think it's a good deal as well. My only question would be, could you have used the pick to get a better player than Dvorak? Or That's a good question. You know what I mean? That's like very possible. Um, but it, Or even save the pick to the deadline. Because yeah. if you're realistic about your odds and you think maybe that this isn't the year to compete with Tampa and Boston still as strong as they are, maybe you stack the picks, you have a young core, let Tampa and Boston run out this whatever core they have and then rebuild with these two first round picks and the young core you already have. That's an option too. It's true. I think I think it's a it's a good move if you want to win now. 
but can they win now is the question. Right. Um, another contract I wanted to talk about is Brady Kachuk. Mm. People really seem to dislike this contract. And I'm going to be honest with you. I have absolutely no idea why, if they like the Suzuki contract. It's not that much more expensive, and it's only a year shorter for a guy who's scored more goals in every single season of his career on a much worse team and generates ISO scoring chances at a much higher rate than Nick Suzuki. I think Brady Kachuk is a fantastic player. Obviously, it's an overpay right now. Like Nobody's questioning that. But in years three, four, five, six, seven, that's what you're paying him for. Yeah, I don't understand why people dislike this deal. What are your guys' thoughts on it? I think the most important part of this contract is the fact that it's Ottawa. They are never going to be at the salary cap ceiling. There's no need to even worry about it. If, if it's a team like Tampa or Toronto signing this contract, you go, yeah, maybe that's a little bit expensive. But with Ottawa, the biggest concern is that you kept him in Ottawa and you kept him in Ottawa long-term. So really, I, if you're an Ottawa fan, you got to love this contract. If you're a fan of another team and you're saying that's too much because you're thinking of your team specifically, if you were in an Ottawa situation, you wouldn't be thinking it's a bad contract. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think it's a fantastic deal. And honestly, like if I had to say this now, I would probably say that they're going to make uh, him the captain probably in a couple of years, if not sooner. Um, so I think that's one of the reasons they signed him long term. I know he they want him long term. Yes. And I completely agree up. with that. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I, I, I just I, when you look d- uh, down the line, even when it comes not even goal scoring, because we all know he can score, but like really good in the hits department. Um, he gets a lot of shots on goal. Yes, the plus minus wasn't there, but that's because he's not on a good team at the moment. So. But um, yeah, yeah. Plus minus. I, like who really cares? Yeah. <laughs> and like, like you said, Chris, locking guys up for long term in Ottawa is a big deal. And when you look at their contract situation, they have Kachuk locked up now for term Batherson for term Matt Murray. I mean, I don't, I know we don't really like Matt Murray, but they have, they have a starting goalie for term. They have Colin white for term Shabbat for term. Like they're lo- they're slowly locking up their core. For a long time, especially once they get like Stutzel's deal out of the way, like they're they're really straightening out that core and they're setting it in place for the next four years, five years. I like what they're doing a lot, and nobody's eclipsed the the ten mil mark yet on this team, and I highly doubt that Stutzel will be asking for that. I mean, I, I think he's an incredibly talented player, and he he honestly might be the best pick of that draft, but like. When we're looking ahead at uh, in Ottawa's future, I think it's very bright, especially if they maintain these 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 really valuable contracts on the team. Yeah, I, yeah. I like where they're headed. I, I honestly, I it all started with the jersey and the logo change for me because like I felt I absolutely love their new jerseys and new yeah. logo. It's um, amazing, and I honestly really like where this team is headed in terms I, of of their future and talent. They can honestly be probably, I think, in a couple. Also, I miss Connor Brown so much. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So much. Ridiculously. So I, 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 at the end of the day, for Ottawa, I think it comes down to you need, uh, we all know Matt Murray's not the guy, but you do need that starting goaltender who's going to, you know, bring you success. I think you need some, still a little bit of help on that defense. But I hope, I actually, I want to see them contend. Like, I really hope one day, like, actually sooner rather than later, we get to see them in the playoffs. I just think it'd be interesting. It'd be such a, like, I feel like there's, that's the team people would end up cheering for because they're kind of like the underdog, but super underdog. Yeah. 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 Like, the whole fan base hates the team's owner. Like, they're in such <laughs> a, a strange situation. It, like, if, if I wasn't such a, uh, such a diehard Leafs fan, such a diehard Leafs fan. 
Oh, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I would honestly like be very inclined to cheer for the Senators if they made the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Even now, like, I don't know. I, I like their team. And it's, it's, it's honestly very funny to see the fits they give the Leafs whenever they play them because they mm-hmm. love playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is so annoying. <laughs> it's so very annoying. annoying. Like you could tell, like Connor Brown and DJ Smith have like a bit of a bad taste in their mouth from. Yeah, <laughs> they just like really yeah. want to beat down on them. Um, what other things did you guys want to talk about? Rather than contracts, we can talk about the first week of the the season. Well, Tyler Bertuzzi apparently is a superstar, scoring four goals in one game. Yeah, for real. What is that about? That was a crazy goal. Andre Kopitar. Yeah, seven points in two games. Unbelievable. It, yeah, it, it's always fun. Like the the first couple games shenanigans where you can just get absolutely wild. I'm not even saying Kopitar is bad. He's a very talented player. But um he's got absolutely wild stats and scorecards. Like it's it's the most fun time for hockey that's not the first round or the world juniors. Yeah. That's why I was yeah. that, that Matthews missed the first couple games, even though it's not a big deal. I just love when you get to, like six goals in the first two games and then yeah. still get three game, but it's fine. I'm thrilled that he's back tonight because uh, I agree with that, Chris. Like, I, I actually was a little down that he was not going to be on the ice for the first three games. You want to see him there. Well, you such a legendary um, streak of opening night games, like yeah. four goals. And I think his second year, he had two goals and an assist. I'm not going to go through all of them, but he maintains like either two points or he gets a goal and two assists, like after <laughs> obviously his, his four goal game. The guy's the guy's pretty good. I don't know if you guys knew that. The guy's he's just all right. <laughs> um, um want to talk about the Leafs a little bit? I, I mean, we definitely can. And I think the main thing we should talk about the Leafs is is the complete overhaul that they went through this year because there were a lot of changes made to the roster. Um, notable acquisitions, guys like Peter Mrazek. You know, he's really going to help this team in the next two weeks. Um, Andre Kasha, Nick <laughs> Ritchie, <laughs> like. <laughs> Obviously, you know, Mrazic got hurt in his first game. And not even was it the first period he played? Yeah, or second first or second. Period. Might have been the second. I think he might have been the second too, but a very tough way to start. And like I thought he was a good acquisition too. I do like him as a tandem goaltender, especially with Campbell. Um, I like the acquisition of Nick Ritchie. I think he can fill a spot for Zach Hyman. Maybe not at the same production level, but if he can keep up his work ethic, he's a very big physical player who did prove like he still has an NHL scoring touch with the Bruins. So he he was able to pot uh, almost a twenty goal season with them last year. Let me just fact check myself on that. And you guys, uh, like Chris, what what was your favorite acquisition of the Leafs this season or this offseason? Yeah, um, Fifteen goals in fifty six games last year. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's probably Michael Bunting is probably my favorite acquisition, but like an underrated one. I'm really liking David Camp so far yes oh my and gosh yes. like very much center. it's kind of just like a shutdown center he won't score he won't even attempt to score honestly but just when he's on the ice you're calm like he locks the game down especially in like a shutdown role and then that gives more opportunity for, for Spezza on the fourth line it's kind of like a reversal of roles usually the fourth line center is like the shutdown and the third line center would be someone more like Spezza but I'm fine with it the other way around so yeah I think those two specifically and yeah, I think Mrazic is a solid backup if Campbell can stay healthy. If we got to rely on Mrazic too much on the stretch, I won't be too comfortable with that. But yeah, a little yeah. scary. A little bit scary, but yeah. What I'd like to know is if the Leafs will, like when Mrazic is healthy, if they're going to continue to do the tandem, you know, split it 50 50, or if they get super confident in Campbell and they end up starting him 
much more over Mrazic. And I think that's going to be a story kind of for the rest of the season. If Campbell can really prove himself as a number one starter in the league, right? Um, but Well, this, this is really his first full season to take an opportunity at being a true starting goalie. I think Mrazic was signed with the intention of keeping a tandem, but there's no way if, if Campbell goes on like a crazy run like he did last year that they're going to force him to split starts. I think they will run the hot hand and yeah. find you have to find your true starter down the stretch, especially when you're in the playoff hunt. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like keeping, keeping Campbell fresh, because we know how important that is with the Freddie experiment. This is a, this is a very solid signing. Once we get him back from injury, speaking of Freddie, this man has been very good with the Carolina hurricanes. I don't know if you guys have seen his numbers, but he's putting up some big save totals already. I miss him so much. On yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even though it was kind of down the stretch, it wasn't the best. But I've always had a soft spot for him, so I was kind always, of always go. But it is what it is. I always thought that he got way too much hate in this city. Like I, uh, like he would always just be criticized, like game after game, and it was really annoying for me. That's every goalie in Toronto, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we've, we've talked about the Freddie situation over and over again. It's just literally because he was worked to the ground and then injured and then not able to find a consistent schedule of being healthy and getting a you know good amount of starts to not break the human body down to an unhealthy level. But, I mean, he's got a 9.26 and a 2.5 in his first two games. He's putting up big, big save numbers as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to be keeping tabs on Freddie in Carolina because I feel like despite getting rid of Nadelkovic – um, it's still like a, a good goalie to have, although yo, what a brutal move by Waddell to get rid of a, a Calder candidate young goalie just because he you wanted he wanted to sign a 1.2 and he was asking for what like 3.5 for yeah. term. I, I thought it was ridiculous that they gave him away in the first place and. Mm-hmm. Because who? So now, and then they didn't even sign Dougie Hamilton with the money that they saved. Yeah, (laughs) I do not understand the Carolina Hurricanes offseason, and they still like they're still going to be great. They're still. I still. I would. I would think that they're going to probably still come first in the Metro. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I don't know about that. Like who? Because okay, maybe the Islanders. But who who is going to take that first spot in the Metro? The Metro is in a very weird situation right now, because I feel like. Flyers could flirt with the first spot if yes. Carter Hart plays like an actual NHL caliber goaltender rather than whatever 80s goalie he was last year. That was ridiculous. Um, like the Rangers could be vying for a spot, although Shesterkin's been a little shaky to start the season. Obviously, it doesn't mean he's going to maintain that throughout. Obviously, Carolina's a runner. Pittsburgh has been pretty hot despite not having. Right? Oh, my God. Malkin and Crosby, which is pretty crazy. I think this is the year, though, that you slowly start to see the Capitals like, yep. not just be in that first spot every single year. I would argue that they Although missed Although Ovi is, is scoring, the, scoring the lights out. So, you know, you never know. Does New Jersey make a push? Maybe. Mm. But... It, it, I think it, it's really dependent upon Mackenzie Blackwood. Yeah. I mm-hmm. liked their offseason. I liked their acquisitions. Um of, I know they got Dougie Hamilton. Who was the other defenseman they got before? I uh, Ryan Graves. I, yeah. I do like the oh, yeah. of Ryan Graves too. He's a pretty solid defender. And like their team overall, it's it's kind of just the same as last year in the sense that their forward group is just. I don't think it's deep enough 
to really compete in the Metro. But if you can get a massive breakout season from Jack Hughes, maybe like Andreas Janssen returns to form that he was in Toronto, hmm. you could get, I mean, obviously like those aren't the only two players that you're betting on, but like Nico Heischer needs to have a good season. Thomas Tatar needs to have a good season, but like, it's really dependent on which forwards take that step as the as their leading scorer, and if they can get a guy over like sixty points, because I can't remember the last time the Devils have had anybody within reach of, of a scoring title. Um, yeah, trying saying sixty, like six, like sixty points, dude. Like the Leafs can get that from from their fourth best forward. I mean, obviously <laughs> we have you know four million, four, half our cap locked up in four players, but. I don't know. It, it, like I said, it's it's dependent upon the depth of their scoring. And if they can okay. yeah. score three goals a game, <laughs> 2.75. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I, I guess, like, I, I want to say I believe in Jack Hughes, but I just don't. Like, I just, I really? don't know. Like, I think he's, I think he's talented, but I just, I, I don't know if he has the, the opportunity or like, maybe it's because, like, I don't know. I don't know I don't I know if I believe in Jack Hughes. Uh-huh. If you look, if you look at at his, at his at the deeper numbers, like the quality chances that this guy generates, yes, is is pretty insane. He's just on a brutal team where nobody else is scoring. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's actually fair enough. Maybe the way I would probably rephrase it is, I don't know if he can do it with New Jersey at the moment. Mm. Like maybe yeah, if he, fair. but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for New Jersey. I think if if obviously the defense holds up and, and they can get some of that secondary scoring. That would be good for them, but I don't see them getting higher than a wild card. If they do make it. A team yeah. that's very intriguing to me is the Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. Had a wild off season. I think they got better despite signing Seth Jones to a market shifting contract. Ridiculous. Um, that was crazy, but they also got Mark Andre Fleury. So what do you guys think of the, what do you guys think of the Chicago Blackhawks? Chris, go ahead. Um, uh, Chicago's a tough team. I definitely think they improved from last year, but I don't know how much. I'm still worried about just their depth in general. And the fact they're getting Taze back is obviously good. I think Kirby Doc is really, like, producing into, like, a top-six center. So, yeah, I think they can make a playoff push, especially if the Central gets five teams in the playoffs, which I think they will. But, yeah, I can't say that their decisions for the long term have been good at all. Yeah, I think that's so key, Chris. I think it was kind of, let's do all of our moves right now. We want to be good now. And they didn't really focus too much about, okay, let's think about five years from now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like Chicago is either going to be that team that's, like, fantastic, they're top two in their division, or they're going to miss again or, like, just make it. Like, I don't think it's anywhere in between, like, a third spot or a second spot. I think it's either we're going to be fantastic or we're just going to be, we just make it or not good at all. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that since we're running out of the 30 minutes from Spirit Live, I had some questions to get into. But if you want to finish your point, go, go right ahead. I was just gonna say, I do think um, the biggest weak point of the Blackhawks last season was their blue line, and I think despite the Seth Jones contract, like purely from an on ice perspective, they improved um, quite significantly because they added a guy like Jones. Connor Murphy is actually a pretty underrated defenseman. I think Eric Gustafson can probably retain some of his form if he gets some power play time on that team. And Jake McCabe is an incredibly underrated shutdown defender. So yeah. I think their, their blue line has improved immensely. 
and you're getting exactly like what Chris said. You're getting a year better of Kirby Doc. Alex Dabrinka is a very valuable asset to that team. Patrick Kane. I do think that they can be a runner for a wild card spot, but I was just curious to see what your guys' opinions were. Chris, go ahead with the questions. Yeah. So, so basically, I have eight like really quick questions here. You can just answer them in one word, and then maybe halfway through the year, and then at the end of the year, we can check back on these and just see if oh, you guys are right or anywhere close. See how well yeah. our takes have aged. <laughs> yeah. Remember when I said Connor McDavid won hit hundred points last year? That aged well. <laughs> so the first four are just division. So I'm just, I'll just go in order. So who do you guys think is going to win the Atlantic Division? Florida. Florida. Okay, both say Florida. Uh, who do you guys? I say Florida too, or maybe Boston. I'm not sure. Then who do you guys think is going to win the Metro? Julian, you go ahead on this one. Oh God. Um. All right. I'm going to shoot for it. I think it's Carolina. I, I think it's Carolina. I'm going to go for a crazy pick here because I feel wild. I'm going to pick the New York Rangers. Wow. All right. And I'm going to go with uh, Pittsburgh, I think, honestly. Really? Okay. I think that's a good pick, too. I feel it. Then in the Pacific, who do you guys have? This is a pretty obvious one, but who do you guys got in the Pacific? Obviously, Arizona. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, I got got Colorado taking that division. I guess it it, it isn't obvious, then. Okay. Wait, did you say Pacific or Central? I said Pacific. Oh, sorry, Pacific. I I was looking at Central just because that's how they're listed. My bad. Um, Pacific Vegas Vegas is definitely going to take that's yeah obvious pick yeah I Vegas think. but I think Edmonton might make a strong run like yeah. a strong yeah. second seed and then, and then we already I set my pick for Central Colorado Central yeah Colorado same yeah I mean it's hard to bet it really against the Avs at this point like I think the Wild are going to be great again but I don't think anybody's passing Colorado and then the next one I, I take what is correct about the Avs last year though Pardon? Just weren't ready to take that next step. Oh, yeah. Okay, then I got... I'm like the uh, Capitals right now. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Uh, I got Seattle playoffs, yes or no? Um, Because I'm all for chaos, I'm going to say yes. You know, I'm going to say no. I think they're just going to miss. I'm going oh, yeah. to say yes. Then we got... Another McDavid one, so let's see if we can top this. We got McDavid this time, 125 points over or under. Exactly 125. I was gonna points. say like, I, I, <laughs> I, I, now I that he is a one timer. No, now that he is a one timer in his arsenal, 130 point season for Connor McDavid incoming. Yeah, and I think Drysaddle will be right behind him yet again. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna say. I'm going to say over for that. And this is a dry saddle related one. We got dry saddle or Ovechkin, more goals. I'm going to say dry saddle. I'm going to say dry saddle too because of the McDavid factor. And OB just, I'm not saying he's falling off. He's just getting older. Yeah. I still think he's going to hit at least like 40 to 45 goals. See, I mean, I'm going to say Ovechkin for two reasons. One, I think Ovechkin's really going for it this year. And two, I think because McDavid is probably going to score more this year than he has in the past, I think maybe Drysaddle will have more assists than usual. But points-wise, I think Drysaddle will have way more points than Ovechkin. Oh, but, yeah, easily, easily. That's I not even a competition. Maybe it's close, but Ovechkin maybe slightly edges it. And the last one I have here is Hughes or Lafreniere, more points. Ooh. 
I mean, this wouldn't really go, this wouldn't really make sense with my Rangers winning the Metro pick, but I'm going to say Jack Hughes. Um, he makes up a lot more of the core of that offense, and Lafreniere has guys like Zabinajad, Panarin, Adam Fox to carry that offense for him. I'm going to go ahead and say Lafreniere only for the reason that I think he could be that type of player, almost like a Steven Stamkos, where you know his first season just didn't work out exactly like he wanted to. I think he, because of those players like Zabinajad and, you know, Obviously, Adam Fox being great on defense, but just the, I think New York has an amazing uh, forward core. And I think if Lafreniere could be the forefront of that, he can have a really good year and have more points than Hughes. Yeah, I'm going to say, I think it's close. I think maybe Lafreniere develops into a better two way player. But I think pure offense, I think Hughes is probably going to have more points. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's the last one I have. And Never we're. forget, Colin Blackwell had more points than Lafreniere last season. It was one, <laughs> it was one more point. But Colin Blackwell, <laughs> out of all people, definitely not the rookie season we expected for him. But no, but it's understandable. Like, I'm not for every single first overall pick being Matthews or McDavid right as they enter the league. Yeah, people need to develop. That's fine. Nathan McKinnon wasn't Nathan yeah. McKinnon when he first entered the league, and a lot of people seem to forget that. That's so true, though. Like, all right, we're it, probably gonna have to cut this off now because we're definitely over the 30-minute mark. Sorry about that, Spirit Live. But uh, Julian, Chris, it is really nice to talk to you guys again, man. I really missed you guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Season 3, Episode 1 of Above the Ice Into the Numbers. Hope to have you all back next week. Thank you very much. Yep. Have a good one.